Welcome back to the Jolly Ever After podcast. We're your hosts, Steph Jolly and Neil Jolly. All right, welcome back to the podcast, everyone. Um, as you can probably read by the title, uh, you know what we'll be discussing today, and it's something we've never opened up about publicly. Mm-hmm. Um, and that is our miscarriage as well as some of our TTC journey, mm-hmm. uh, TTC meaning trying to conceive journey. Yeah. Um, and I just want to read a verse that has really been pressed on me as I prayed about, um, you know, with Neil, if we should share this and, you know, we know that we have a platform and a following and we really want to use our voice to, you know, help others that are going through something like this. Um, and hopefully just make you feel less alone because, you know, miscarriages aren't something that I think we talk about. Um, yeah. you know, it's just something that for whatever reason, you know, if it's, just privacy. It, it's something that's going on in our bodies. It's shame. It's feeling just It's a very personal journey. It's super personal, but what I know is we're not meant to go through things alone. Yeah. Um, and sometimes when we're just alone with things and we don't lean on people or there's not enough conversation about things, we can feel like we're the only ones going through it. Right. And the reality is miscarriages happen one in three. Hmm. Um, and when my doctor told me that, I was shocked. I mean, I had known that they were common. My mom, in fact, had a miscarriage before she had me. Mm. Um, and, you know, after opening up about our miscarriage to others, I then learned about other people saying, oh, yeah, me too. And that's right. something that they hadn't either come out and told me before. It's something that now that they know I have, they also have come forth. So right. it's... I just wanted to read this verse um, that I came across, and I think this is what really um, encouraged Neil and I to want to be able to open up about this so that it could help at least even one person listening to this today. Um, And that is from 2 Corinthians 1, 3-4. And the verse says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves receive from God. And, you know, he comes alongside us when we go through our hard times. And then he brings us alongside other people that are going through hard times so that we can be there for that person, just as God was there for us. And so, Mm. you know, that's really something that Neil and I want to be for you today. Um, So if you don't have someone to lean on or know someone that's been through this and this is something that you're going through right now, we just want you to know you're not alone. Um, We've been through this. We're walking through it. And, you know, we just really want to come to you with that as we, you know, start and open up this episode today. Exactly. This is something we've really prayed about, about whether we should share it or not. Um, Personally, we took the time to grieve this privately and really lean on each other, our pastor, family, uh, close friends. And I think it's important to do whatever it is as a couple. Um, 
that's going to help you get through this time. Um, For those of you that are listening that have been through this, um, you might be able to relate. You know, one thing we know is that we're not meant to go through hard things in life alone, like Steph said, and that's why community is just so, so important. Um, Now that we've had the time to heal and process, um, we're hoping that this episode and sharing what we're sharing here today can offer support to women and men. Um, for women, this is obviously something happening in their body, um, very physically. And I totally respect that. Um, as a man, I found it hard to find resources to support, uh, my grief and help me and help my wife. Um, so I really leaned into my faith, but this is something I personally really struggled with when this happened. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's so important to note um, that today we're going to be sharing both sides of this. As Neil already mentioned, this definitely has a lot you know, more heaviness on a woman as this is happening in her body and hormonally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually, it can be very challenging and isolating. And so I'm just, I'm so grateful I had a partner like Neil And, you know, some women are having to do this alone or go through this alone. And I just want to say that, you know, I'm praying over you and thinking of you and my heart goes out to you because I honestly couldn't imagine doing this without someone like Neil. Um, And I'm just really grateful. So I guess we should take it back to the beginning of when we wanted to start a family. Yeah. And then we're going to kind of go into talking about little bit of our TTC journey, kind of like how the year was with that, um, because Neil and I didn't get pregnant very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, and there were a lot of things that happened and changed and grew us in that season in of itself. 2019, just as a year, I know that you shared it quite a bit mm-hmm. on, on Instagram and just on the blog, you know, that it was a year that kind of had it all. Um, mm-hmm. It was a year of growth in a variety of areas, but it was also an, an, a year of, of loss. Um, yeah, huge year of loss. Some really close ones. Um, yeah, we lost family. Um, and it's just, it's tough. Like when you're grieving, I feel like we almost need a separate episode just on grief because we've just learned so much just from last year and just about the process and really honoring it. Yeah. Um, and making sure that you're processing it and not just like, you know, pushing it under the rug or trying to just not honor those feelings that are really working, there. Working through Yeah, that. working through yeah. the grief. Um, and it's an ongoing process. Um, so let's go back to December 2018. Um, you know, Neil and I got married in 2016 and we were traveling a lot. And, mm-hmm. you know, just Neil, as you've maybe heard in the other episodes, he quit his job and came to work with me full time. And so, you know, we were just having fun being newlyweds and we got a puppy. So she kind of, you know, (laughs) filled in that, that need that I had to want to be maternal to something, but wasn't quite ready, you know, for a baby. Um, and honestly, it's something that we've always prayed for and wanted and dreamed of, um, and discussed doing in the future. But, um, I guess, you know, in that Christmas service, it just kind of came on my heart. I felt like God just really planted it. We were worshiping. It was, you know, music in the beginning before the service. And I just had my hands in the air and I just started crying. And I just felt in that moment, it was just so wild because I just had never really had like the thought like, 
oh, like we should talk about starting a family or anything like that. It was truly, I feel like God speaking to me yeah. um, through the music, through the words. And I just felt him say on my heart, um, I want you to honor me through your children. Mm. Um, and I don't know if this is maybe the way he wanted me to honor him is that even though we've lost, I just pray that I'm honoring him right now in this podcast and doing something of, of good value for his kingdom while we discuss, you know, what we've been through. Right. But it was super emotional for me and I just started crying and I just, I felt really excited, but I was also, it was like, you know, we were stepping into a new year yeah. and you know, I was like, okay, I'm going to get in the car and I'm going to tell Neil after the service. And... I remember getting in the car and you just <laughs> kind of looking over and you held my hand. Um, I had no idea what was coming out of your mouth. And I think rightfully so. I mean, we've obviously talked about uh, having kids, um, uh, just starting a family and when that would be and how it would look like. And um, obviously you're going to be um the one that carries a, a child and it is your body. And so it should come from you <laughs> when it is that you are ready. But there yeah. were conversations obviously that we had, um, at that time and we'd been married two two years and a bit. Um, mm-hmm. and obviously even before marriage, we talked about how many kids we'd want and the idealistic thought behind, Oh, we'd love, you know, X number of kids. And, you know, when we turn this age, we'll have our first kid and then our second kid will be such and such years apart. So there was just that thought as well. And so I remember, yeah, going back to the car after the church service, you looking at me, I look, you know, I was just I was taken aback, if I'm going to be completely honest. I, it took me a, a second or two, maybe. <laughs> maybe the, a few days, maybe, maybe the, a few weeks. Yeah, no, not a few weeks, <laughs> but I'd say maybe a day for sure, especially yeah. the hour, the um, the drive home from church and just thinking about it. I'm like, we're, we're doing this? Like, we're, we're really going to do this? Yeah. And, um, and just kind of, yeah, preparing myself mentally. And I don't think you can ever be fully prepared to start a family or be totally prepared to be married or a lot of things in life. There's just, yeah, it's a leap of faith. It's a leap of faith. And that's what faith is. It's, um, it's trusting in the unknown. Yeah. Yeah. So it was, it was exciting. I mean, it was the end of a year. It was the beginning of a new one. And we just had all this like hope and excitement. And we were just really looking forward to 2019 and hopefully starting a family, hopefully getting pregnant. Um, And so, you know, just figuring out, you know, all right, how do we do this? Like there's a very short window every month, just really learning about ovulation and when, you know, just all that stuff. To me, that was all brand new. Same, honestly. (laughs) Honestly, as as a male and as your partner, me learning about the cycle, learning about how you're everything to do with the female body as it pertains to, you know, having a child that Mm -hmm. was... Yeah, because I just always had, I mean, we're going to get TMI in this episode, but I just always had regular periods and, Mm -hmm. you know, I just kind of went about life. So started ordering books and just learning about the process. And we went to our doctor just to kind of get physicals, just to like, you know, make, we knew we were healthy, but just to like, make sure that like, we're good, um, get any advice or guidance. And she did mention, you know, this could take anywhere from three months to six months to 12 months. Mm -hmm. Um, it's very common for it to, it could take up to a year. We were 28 at the time turning 29, um, 
in 2019. Um, so she wasn't really concerned about my age or that kind of thing. And because I had been really regular, haven't had really major health issues that, you know, we just, we weren't naive that it could take time, but I think we were a little taken aback when it didn't happen right away. Yeah. Um, and so I think it started a little bit of a roller coaster because, you know, each month as we're trying, we're getting excited thinking this is the month and, you know, your period symptoms mimic pregnancy symptoms and you kind of get this false hope and there's that two week wait. And it's yeah. just, it just, it's like you're living month to month mm. and for me, honestly, I struggled. I can admit that I struggled, I think, pretty early on. In March, I was experiencing a lot of pain. Um, and I personally think it was maybe stress and um, IBS is what the doctor said after. But in the beginning, when I went to the doctor, they thought maybe I had a miscarriage. Um, I did have to go for an ultrasound and blood work at the time, and they confirmed it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Um so we just kept carrying on and I never got that pain ever again. But I think it just, it was a lot of stress just built up. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, as, as the year kind of went on, um, it got harder and easier at the same time because with every month I felt like I, I almost just kind of set myself up thinking like, oh, it's just going to be negative again. And it's just, that's the way it is. Or And then I'd have moments where I was, super positive thinking this is it this is the month or I felt like this was you know we just kept praying over it and you know I think it just became a lot for me especially in you know the first few months um and I will say I think it was so important for me then to really start seeing a therapist for my own anxiety and my stress and just really get tools to manage because I was experiencing grief every single month within my own body, hoping that it would, you know, stay pregnant or be pregnant. And it was just not happening. And so it just became a huge like mental game getting, you know, just psyched up to do it every single month in terms of like, you know, you want to have this have an end result. And so much of it is like my word for that 2019 was trust. And I feel like that was really pushed to all the limits. Very, very pushed to the limits. Um, but really if I didn't have that time and all those months, I don't know if I would have done all that work on myself. And I'm very grateful for the time because if God had just given me or given us what we wanted, Mm -hmm maybe we would not, I mean, definitely we would not have been pushed to grow in areas that we definitely needed to. Um, and it strengthened our marriage. It helped me with the tools to manage my stress, my anxiety. I've never felt more equipped than now. And even just now we're in a global pandemic and just all the wild stuff that's proceeded for the rest of the year. I feel like I'm so grateful. I did that work early on in the year and continued consistently over the months with my therapist. And she's a Christian counselor. So she definitely brings in the elements of faith because that's where I draw a lot of my strength. Mm -hmm. Um, and she just helped me work through that. And I just don't think I would have had the tools to then 
when this did happen, the miscarriage happened and we did get pregnant and we lost, you know, that baby, I'm so grateful I had the tools to then handle the high amount of stress, the anxiety, and just everything that proceeded after leading up to present day, we're in a global pandemic and I can feel peace even though I grieve, even though I'm mourning, even though I feel sad and heaviness for what's happening in my own life and what's happening outside of my doors and what's happening in the world, I now have better tools. I'm so in tune with my body now. Like it just really, really, really did push me in. And I feel like part of being a mother and part of me just wanting to just walk into this season I feel so much more equipped for when that does happen. Yeah. And I just feel like God has our best when he makes us wait for certain things. And we really realize that like, we're not in control Mm -hmm. and it's surrender and it's trust. And I thought I trusted God and I, and I wanted to believe that I did with all my heart, but I was still trying so hard to just control the outcome And there's something wrong with researching things and, you know, wanting to know how your body works or how this process works. But I've definitely just, I got really stressed and I got, I got lost in it. Yeah. And I'm, I'm really grateful for Neil because through all those months, he just never had a doubt we would get pregnant. He stayed positive, um, for day. And I, I really needed you to be the strength in, in the relationship. And on many days, I didn't want to show up. I didn't want to post. I didn't want to do things for work. I didn't want to travel. I didn't even want to go out. Like I really just felt like I was falling into a depression over the whole thing. Yeah. You know, I have to say like, I'm so proud of Steph. I'm just, I'm so proud of all the work that you put in last year. Um, I think self-development has always been something that you've taken very, very seriously is something that we, as a couple, um, you know, doing marriage counseling, um, Mm -hmm. ahead of our, of our, of our wedding, um, doing premarital counseling. Um, it's always been super important, um, for both of us to work on ourselves as well as work on our marriage, but Mm -hmm. specifically that year and a year that honestly was it was, it had it all. Um, Mm -hmm. and I know you've, you've shared that, but for you specifically to, you know, take the initiative and and seek out help, um, in the sense of getting a therapist, seeing that therapist regularly, Mm -hmm. I just see so much progress. And I know that the early months, you know, say, let's say January to to March, they were really, really hard. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I agree that there were months that, felt like they were harder. It was like a swing. Some months felt like they were mm-hmm. painful. Other months felt like, you know, we got it, this, you got this mm-hmm. exactly. And we've got this. So I just say that for me, seeing you month over month, um, I feel like we developed a level of like this intuition about what each other was feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I could tell that there are days, especially following getting your period that, you maybe needed a little boost, maybe you needed mm-hmm. a little lift. Um, yeah. what could I comfort you with? How could I serve you? Um, mm-hmm. and I just found that it could be the smallest of things. It could be just a meal on the table. It could be, you know, some music, maybe a movie, but just tapping into that. And I feel like because we did, um, you know, tap into that intuition and seeing, okay, well, what does Neil need? What, what mm-hmm. during this time, like, how can I, 
um, how can we come to the table and really talk about our feelings and be heard, be a shoulder and listen to each other during this time? Mm -hmm. Um, Because all that work early on, say from January to March and the next three months, and then finally the three months leading to our miscarriage, I feel like really prepared us on when the most unfortunate of unfortunate circumstances that can happen during a time like um, trying to conceive. Um, We were prepared to support each other. I feel like I knew what would comfort you and likewise you did as well. Mm -hmm. But it's, I was just so, so encouraged that you decided to start therapy. Um, we were leaning on our pastor. Um, we're so grateful that we have an opportunity, firstly, to uh, just have lunch with him once a month, which is just, it's really awesome. He's just, he's he's been a light in mm-hmm. our life. Um, and he's and also just, some, like, he's been through this himself. Yes. Um, and so it just was really comforting to talk to someone just wiser, more seasoned and had been through this and came out the other side. And, you know, he has a beautiful story of adoption with his kids. And then, you know, he was able to go on to then have children of his own, but it took them, I think five years. Yeah. Um, and just, you know, it takes people, you know, different time and sometimes you just not able to. Yeah. And then, you know, I know that all of that is, you know, it's a lot of brokenness, but I believe that like God can bring good out of broken situations. And even though adoption, it's so sad that, you know, there's children that are unwanted and put up or those parents unfortunately can't provide or, or help them. And I get it too. You know, there's people that have children younger or they have addictions or whatever that is. And there's people that can step in and adopt. And then there's a beautiful story that comes out of that. Mm -hmm. Um, so definitely see that, you know, there's, there's redemption and there can be redemption. And so he just always really kind of pushed us to lean into hope and just keep having hope and to be strengthened during this time. Um, but it was difficult. I mean, just naturally you're married for a few years People ask, you know, when are you having a baby? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and I there's mean, a it, level of sensitivity around that conversation that I feel like we all, I mean, you and I have always, I feel like we've been, we've been asked, hey, when we were dating, when are you guys getting married? Right. You know, it's, it's, um, I don't think it's ever an ill intent it's never people an Ill, have. Exactly. It's just as a society, I think we do need to have more self-awareness that that question can actually be super painful to hear when you're trying to conceive or if you've miscarried and you haven't openly shared that with others. And, you know, I had my own personal experiences last year that were just hurtful. People said hurtful things. I mean, I remember being at my grandmother's funeral. My grandmother was really like a second mom to me. She lived with me and raised me and I'd see her all the time every week at the nursing home and, you know, I'm just trying to grieve her. And I had multiple people, more like just distant, um, family members or family friends kind of thing. And they're in an older generation and they would just kind of slap my stomach and like, when is baby coming? And, you know, I get it. People are just, it's just, that's how they were raised. That's how, that's what they know. Yeah. Um, but it, it was hurtful. It was painful to hear that from a good handful of people during a time where I was just trying to grieve my grandmother. And 
they don't know any yeah. better, I guess. But it's almost a reminder, people... and it's like well, a, yeah. a gut punch. I think it's, you described it as right. Like it's a huge punch in the gut, and you know, I don't think you have to laugh or smile through those situations because I'm I'm a two on the enneagram. I'm a people pleaser, and I never want to offend or I never want to make other people feel uncomfortable while they're making me feel uncomfortable. I'm concerned to make them uncomfortable right. by reacting in a way that sets my boundaries. But yeah. I've really learned I need to have my boundaries, and that's the way I can be a healthy version of myself. Is to say I'm not comfortable talking about that. Yeah. Um. Or it's up it's god's plan um or changing the topic yeah and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that and you know i think you have to just kind of protect your heart and protect yourself and if you have to walk away from a conversation or someone prying or asking i think there's nothing wrong with you kind of setting your boundaries and yeah. saying not going there i feel like the answer that i just started giving people uh, was just god willing <laughs> that's yeah. it and it was uh, I don't think people were prepared for that. Sometimes, you know, like I said, or there, there isn't a, people don't have ill intent. I do yeah. understand that, but maybe the, the lack of sensitivity or consideration around that just in general, um, yeah. I feel like we should, we should be a lot more aware. Totally. Um, and, and some people choose not to have children and that yeah. needs to be respected as well. So, mm-hmm. so, um, you know, that was kind of a little bit of our trying to conceive journey leading up to September. Um, and it, at that point, you know, we were heading into the fall and I, we're, we're really kind of just starting to wonder, like, is there something else going on mm-hmm. physically that is kind of preventing us from being able to conceive naturally or have been able to within almost a year. Um, and we started looking into options of, you know, fertility clinics and maybe getting more, some tests done to yeah. investigate. Um, and it was a very unique time because um, one of the nights and in the evening, you know, I'm usually with Neil, but that night he was um, at our church volunteering with our youth group. And I just felt defeated, to be honest. It just was one of those nights, you know, I, again, like I said, I would have good days and then I'd have really tough, hard days, just feeling defeated, feeling like this was never going to happen, feeling hopeless. And that's just really common, to be honest, when you're on that journey and it's just not happening. Um, and one of the things that my therapist had encouraged me to do was just really just journal my feelings and honoring them instead of pushing them down or neglecting them. And one of the things we really worked through was, you know, that I'm just as deserving to have a baby as the next person. Right. Um, no one's more deserving than the other, you know, and sometimes it just, it happens for people very easily. And for some, they struggle and some, they just can't. Um, and so I was having a hard time just accepting what the situation was for what it was. So as I was journaling, um, I wrote down in my notes in my phone, which is just wild. And Neil has all the timestamps. He's seen the photos. I literally showed him all these things when I got home, but when he got home that night, but I was journaling and I said, you know, Lord, I'm going to lay this down at your feet. I trust you. I truly trust you, but I am feeling defeated. Please give us a sign that this will happen soon for us. 
And I kid you not, I get up off the couch and I have a sudden urge to pee. And I don't know why, but the thought in my mind came in and I believe it was God and it said, take a test. Hmm. And I'm going to tell you right now, I kind of wrote off doing pregnancy tests because after you get so many negatives and just one line, one line, one line, you do not want to take them anymore. I would just let my period come and tell me naturally. And if my period was ever late, then I would take a test. Yeah. And we're what, about eight months in at this point? Nine. Nine, right? This is the ninth. Yeah. So, which is ironic because it takes nine months to, you know, birth (laughs) or, you know. And so I get up. And I had one emergency pregnancy test in our closet that I tucked away. And I just said, you know, this is just the one I'm going to use if I really feel like I am. But I don't know why. And I truly just, this was totally God. It gives me goosebumps. And it's just wild to me still to this day when I think back. Mm. I asked him for a sign. I got up and I felt that I needed to go take a test. I wasn't late at this point or anything like that. I think my period was supposed to come in two days or something. And I took a test and I got the faintest second line. And I had never seen a second line in ever in my life. So I was like, huh? <laughs> but I've done so much research seeing that a faint yeah. second line means you're pregnant. Mm-hmm. But I just wasn't believing it. I was in disbelief. I couldn't believe my eyes. I was like looking at Lucy because she was the only one at home, the dog (laughs) on the couch. And I'm trying to get Neil home. So I text him because I'm like, I don't want him. I don't want to tell him this over the phone or text, but I need him home like now. Like, (laughs) and I remember getting those texts because I was just around my youth group. Um, and just your phone I, buzzes, I reala- and I'm like, yeah, I realize how many texts are coming in, and I'm kind of getting worried. But the the excuse that she gave me was that the fridge was broken, and I we're like a few days removed from fixing the fridge and me cleaning a freezer, and I'm going, what is she talking about? I just um, needed to give some kind of excuse to get him home, but I didn't want to alarm him with something like. I'm sick, or I'm throwing yeah. up, or I don't know something reasonable, weird. reasonable, a excuse. reasonable thing to get him home. And I but even not in ended a panic. up staying a little later, helping he did. clean, uh, clean up with uh, messy teenagers. Yeah. <laughs> but then finally, I get home, and and it's funny because I feel like even then God was making me wait. Yeah. And even in like I felt like it's been such a season of waiting and waiting and waiting. And even then, like, I was like, oh, God, like, I got the test and you're still making me wait. I don't even have my husband here with me. And it was so interesting because, yeah, he came home and I was putting flashlights. I turned all the lights on and I was just like, Neil, what does this mean? This is what I'm reading online. People are saying this is this. And like, I need a digital test to like confirm it. You know, when you do a pregnancy test, they say you should use your first morning urine. Mm-hmm. So I was like, all right, we're just going to go to sleep. And in the morning, I'll do a digital test with the clear blue and I'll do my first morning pee and we'll see. Yeah. I was kind of skeptical because naturally, just from what we've been through over months, I didn't you know, get super excited because I just didn't want to get my hopes up. Right. So the next morning comes, Neil's still sleeping. I wake up, I have to pee. So I pee in a cup. 
and I put the digital test in and I went and fed Lucy. I usually it only takes like three to five minutes for those tests to appear to tell you your result. And I just wasn't expecting honestly a positive. So I just went and fed her, did a few more things and I probably waited like 15 minutes and then I, I even forgot that I took it. So I was like, oh, I should go back in and check. And sure enough, I walk in and I could not believe my eyes that it said the word pregnant. Yeah. Because I've never seen that ever. And I just went and jumped on Neil on the bed and I was yeah. just like, wake up. Look, this I remember is what it you is. and Lucy just jumping on the bed and that yeah, being it was... a joyful moment. Yeah. And I just, but still, I felt like I just, nope, I just couldn't believe it. So I just, um, just, I'm like, okay, I need like to confirm, like, let's call the doctor. Let's go get a blood, you know, get some blood work. So some follow up. We went in and sure enough, a few hours later, they said, you're pregnant. And I just had this feeling, you know, when we were driving back in the car and I remember saying to you, like, I just feel like it can't be that easy now. Mm. Like we've, it's, it's already been kind of like a long, hard wait. And I understand some people wait years. Those nine months felt like years to me, to be honest. Yeah. And I just looked at Neil and I was just like, I just feel like, I don't know. I just, maybe it was the Holy Spirit protecting me for what was going to come next, but I just felt like I couldn't get excited just yet. Mm-hmm. And I remember you were very excited over the moon and <laughs> yeah. we both were, but I think it was a little bit like, and naturally like anyone who's pregnant, you kind of hold your breath until the next blood test, the right. next ultrasound, like you're holding your breath until that baby is born and you're holding them in your arms. And even then you're still holding your breath. Cause you know, there's just, there's so many things that happen Exactly. and we're not naive to them. So you had to actually leave for a boys trip. You yeah. were going to a football game to the States. And so, yeah, you left. I and... left you and <laughs> you had the weekend to yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you just had your girlfriend stay with you. And Yeah. I well, remember... I was doing her hair and makeup for a wedding. And then the next day, actually, the Sunday was my sister's baby shower. Um, and I didn't tell anyone. We didn't tell anyone. We knew it was still very early on. Um, and we just really wanted to confirm the doctor was like, you know, come back next week. We need to do more tests to make sure your HCG levels are rising. So it was kind of like this fun little secret that Neil and I had that weekend and texting each other back and forth. I was in Milwaukee and you were in Toronto and yeah, just sending me texts and then me coming home to the sign that you made that said, um, welcome home daddy. And, um, just having a basket of, um, you know, just goodies that were ready. And it was just, it was an exciting, exciting weekend, despite still being a part us knowing our little own little secret. Mm-hmm. Um, and then of course the week that followed was something yeah. that we didn't imagine. Yeah. So I think, you know, we really let ourselves near like, you know, up till like we had another blood test and then I had to come home. Um, and we just were, we were letting ourselves finally feel more of the joy and get excited. Yeah. And then my, uh, doctor called and said, you know, we want you to come in again because your HCG level is 
rising, but not at the level that we wanted to. So your HCG should be doubling or tripling every few days Mm. in early pregnancy. And, you know, I was taking more tests at home just because I loved seeing the positive result on the different tests. And I was like, well, I just might as well use up the other tests that we got. And, you know, then I kind of researched a little bit of the fact that low HCG levels means an impending miscarriage. Mm -hmm. And I remember just laying in bed and I was reading this book that was like a pregnancy week by week. And now I was in week five and I just, there was a passage about praying against miscarriage Mm -hmm. and I just put my hands on my stomach and I just was praying against it and just hoping and praying that that wasn't going to be the case. Um, But unfortunately, a few days later, um, Neil and I, we went grocery shopping and I remember coming home and we unloaded and we were having a conversation and I, I kind of felt a little off all morning. I, I, I wasn't really feeling nauseous in the early stages of the pregnancy, but I felt fatigue and I felt you kind of feel like cramping. Um, but then the cramps kind of, they got more intense and I remember going to the bathroom and, um, I knew in my own body and in my own heart that I was miscarrying as I was bleeding. And we just both broke down and it was just, we were confused because some of our friends had told us, you know, like, um, that they bled in early stages of pregnancy. And so you just, you don't know at that point. Yeah. And I think for me, I was in a bit of a denial there. I just was like, well, you know what, maybe it's not that. And, you know, maybe let's call the doctor and, right. And, you know, you just, you knowing your body and knowing what you were feeling, um, we're almost so sure of it. Um, you just know in your body that something's just not right. It's just this intuition you have. Yeah. So we went to the doctor and they had to do another transvaginal ultrasound, um, which is when they have to go inside to take a look with the camera to ensure. And they also do another blood test to see if your HCG is now dropping. If you're having a miscarriage, your levels, your numbers would be dropping. And I went to lay down to do the ultrasound and my body just started convulsing and shaking into a full-on panic attack. Um, And I think perhaps because I was shaking that it showed something on the camera, on the photo, after they took it out to have a look. They they thought they saw something on my left ovary and they were concerned, or by my left ovary, and they were concerned either of a cyst or perhaps uh, that I was having an ectopic pregnancy. And I had no idea what an ectopic pregnancy was, but basically it's when um, the baby would implant in your fallopian tube and they would need to terminate the pregnancy because you can't carry a baby in your fallopian tube and you'd need a surgery to remove your fallopian tubes. And I just spiraled into full anxiety in their office and they immediately put me you know, into um, the hospital where we needed to go and do more tests and run more tests. Um, But because my HCG wasn't dropping, they weren't really seeing that it was a full miscarriage. So they 
had to do now a series of many more tests. So now we're a week out where we don't even know if we've miscarried. Mm-hmm. Is waiting this, for test results. Waiting for test results. So mm-hmm. we can't even grieve. We can't even, we don't know what's going on. And you're now faced with the fear of the unknown of now what? So there's more waiting. Yeah. <laughs> so it was just an interesting time for me personally, because I feel like because I had the tools to manage my stress and anxiety, even though I had that initial panic attack, because it's just a shock to your body and you're hormonally going through a miscarriage. And so it's throwing you off. Mm-hmm. Um, and my anxiety is really triggered by my hormones before I get my period. That's when I'm the most anxious. And it's just always, I've always noticed that pattern. And now I'm going through this, my body's going through this. And I just was in shock. Like this was my worst fear come to life was a miscarriage. Mm -hmm. And what I learned from it was I can do hard things. Yeah. And I survived it. And God gave me a strength during that time. I cannot describe to you. It was from him because it was not not I was not operating in my own strength. Yeah, watching you during that week and having just pure faith in knowing that everything is going to be okay. I mean, at that time with the consideration to a possible ectopic pregnancy, I think we were both shifting our concern primarily to your health and knowing that Everything is in limbo here for the next two to three days, however many days it ended up being that we finally got back in the hospital, got the test results, had some more done. It was just, it was just watching me watching you and going, wow, you know, this is not the same person um, that was having, like you described, you were having a panic attack um, in in the ultrasound. And for me as your husband, I, throughout this whole process, I just, I'm just naturally a positive, um, looking on the side of positivity, optimistic kind of guy. Um, for me, knowing what you were going through and, you know, obviously this is your body. I just, I just continued to just try my best to comfort you and Mm -hmm. find any which way to find a, a route that allowed us to keep conversation light, um, do something that lifts your spirits. And so for me to see you during that two to three days where I think for me, I was going downward at that time and just the amount of, you know, anxiety that, uh, we naturally comes with this, but seeing the strength you had was just, it was amazing. I don't know. Honestly, I, I, truly attribute it all to God stepping in at a time where I needed him to. And he was so sufficient for me in that time because it it was devastating when you've hoped and you've dreamed and you've wanted a child and then you finally get the joy of seeing the results. And that's just the reality, you know, hundreds of years ago, they would just, they wouldn't even really know that they had a miscarriage because they had no way of knowing early on. They just thought they had a later period and they continued on. Right. And the blessing and the curse of having technology and pregnancy tests and knowing so soon is we experience that joy and that joy can be taken from us early on as well. Right. And even though I was so nervous about what the results were going to be, 
I just had faith that no matter what, God is going to redeem the situation. We will have a child in some shape, way, or form. Mm -hmm. And he's writing my story. And I did what I was resisting all year long. And that was just trusting him. In a moment, I had zero control. Mm -hmm. And that's what it's taught us. This whole thing has taught us, like, we are not in control. Yeah. We don't get to all call planning, life. preparedness, no. yeah. everything, all the idealistic thought. Um, we're just not in control. And yeah. it's all in his timing and, and not the timing that we have or what age we're supposed to have kids by or mm -hmm. what age or what time of year we're supposed to. Mm -hmm. All of that just... It went, all, it went out the window. It totally did. And now it's just God willing the day that, you know, I, I hope and pray that we can carry and have our own child. And if not, then finding other ways to be able to still be parents. I just feel like what a gift that he's given us and the lessons he's given us during this time in our yeah. lives that we wouldn't have learned any other way than other than having to go through this and exactly. fully surrender and fully lean on him. And really, you know, going back to the hospital, they put me under an OB at the hospital and they made me go into, you know, the maternity ward where people were giving birth and there was a breastfeeding clinic. And while I sat there bleeding with cramps, so anxious in my heart of not knowing what was going to be told to me in the next few hours i'm watching people carry out their newborn babies in strollers and in their arms and i had to use the restroom consistently sorry to be tmi but having to consistently change down there and i had to keep going into the clinic where they had the breastfeeding clinic and all of these new moms holding their babies every single yeah. time i had to go to the bathroom and it just kind of, it was hard. You know, I wish they didn't seat me there, but I also saw all these babies and these people and I, it gave me a lot of hope that, you know, this doesn't have to be the end of our story. And, you know, it's such a blessing just looking at those new babies. Yeah. And I just remember Neil telling me as we left and we got confirmation of everything that it was a miscarriage and it's not ectopic and I don't need the surgery or to terminate anything. It's terminated itself. He, you know, held my hand and we were walking out on the, in the hallway and, you know, he said, turn around. I want you to turn around and I want you to look down that hall because the next time that we leave this place and we come here, we're going to leave with our baby. Hmm. And, you know, that meant everything to me that you said that. And I believe it. <laughs> I do. And that's what faith is. It's faith is all about trusting in the unknown, uh, a full surrender of not being in control. Um, and I just believe God's story for us is it, it isn't done. Um, and I just feel like, you know, for us, it's, it's so easy to look at the micro of what was happening in that very moment. It's so easy to look at the micro of what was happening in that very week, the highs and lows of that week. I feel like we went through it all, a swing of so much happiness and then a massive loss at the end of the week. And I just feel like 
that story is not done. And I feel like God's just teaching us, you know, while you're looking at just the micro, I'm preparing the macro. I'm writing your story. There is a bigger picture here. Um, And really, hindsight's a beautiful thing. Obviously, we're sitting here. We're talking about our perspective on all of this today. And of course, we hope that our message today, our story today connects with those of you that you know, have gone through this, if, if anything that we've spoken about today, if it does relate with you, that if you're in the same, you know, journey um, of fertility um, and the struggle with it, that there is hope. Um, and all the things that we're talking about today and all the things that we've learned hopefully encourages you. Um, and for those that, you know, haven't gone through something like this, that there is awareness around this, both mm-hmm. for women and for men, because like I said, for me throughout this process, I mean, I learned so much about the female body, uh, obviously, and knowing everything that, you know, we needed as a, as a, as a couple to connect and to stay connected during this time. It's very easy for us um, to grieve separately. It's very, it would have been very easy, I should say, for us to go in different rooms. Um, there could have been very difficult, but we chose to grieve together. Um, and I feel like a lot of the year, those nine months leading up to, you know, what had happened, we'd really worked on ourselves. We really tried our best to communicate, uh, describe what we were feeling. Um, and I really felt during that time, you would really uh, express everything. And uh, if I'm being completely honest, I would try to be the strength and the rock uh, mm-hmm. in, that, in that conversation. And, and I would hold some things back, just, you know, thinking about whether this is the right time for me to share this about something I was anxious about, or just the feeling overall in general of month over month getting negatives. And then mm-hmm. of course, you know, when we finally miscarried, we came home and it was towards the end of the night that night where I just felt like there was such a peace over you um, in just the way, you know, you were, you were just a pillar of strength now for me in that moment where I literally fell apart. I, I'm not a crier. I, I feel like obviously grief is something that I've experienced before in my life and um, it's a natural part of life, but I'm really not a crier and I try my best to be as strong as I can for everybody else. Um, and try to try to keep a strong face on, but that night I just couldn't, and I fell apart, and I just knew in that moment um, how much you needed to see that from me. Yeah. Um, I feel like that just, amongst all of what we felt like we were so connected because of everything going on, it was like we were in this together mm-hmm. um, and talking about this, and month over month, there was a point, though, at that time that I think you needed to see me yeah. really express a lot of the stuff that was happening inside yeah. for me. I think, you know, I don't think Neil wanted to pile on because I was just feeling things so deeply, but I almost needed him to express some of those things to me and not it only us just be positive. Closer. Yeah, because if, if you're just being positive the whole time and it's, of course, you know, you need that. Yeah, I, I need you to pick me up and I you need me to pick you up sometimes. Yeah. But I think also there comes a time where we're both going through, through this together. And I sometimes felt like I was going through it alone because, you know, you were just so 
so faithful, so trusting, so positive that I was like, well, I'm just the crazy one, you know, being, you know, because I just, yeah. I was like, oh, it's hormones. It's this, it's that. But like, I was physically feeling it every month yeah, and you weren't. So I took it on in a different way and you yeah. understood that. But I also needed to, not that I didn't, Neil was disappointed, of course, every single month. But I think that you were trying so hard not to show your disappointment because you didn't want me, like, it wasn't me that, like, I felt like I was letting you down coming it to was, you saying, yeah. I got my period. And that was just my body. We both knew it wasn't my fault. And it wasn't and we both mine. Knew, and it wasn't yours. No. And that's, yeah. It's just, it is what it was. But I understand why you did, you know, keep it in. But that night that you just released it connected us so much more. Just that raw emotion of, like, I could be there for you. And we just grieved it. Yeah. And I think we just needed to just have that moment and, you know, lean into that with your partner that it sucks. Yeah. It's it hard and it's heartbreaking. Like you don't have to be strong all the time. You don't have to hold yourself together all the time. And I think that that was almost like a breakthrough for us too, just in that whole process. And, you know, we can talk about the months after that in another podcast or maybe maybe a part two or kind of like a follow-up if you guys have more questions about how we kind of grieved and processed more. Thinking now, you know, just it's wild to think because my due date was May 21st, according to the app that I was following at the time to think that I could have given birth next month during a global pandemic. Yeah. And women are doing it and they're rocking it. And I'm praying over any of you, if you are, you know, pregnant early or later on in your pregnancy, um, we, there's amazing doctors and they're there and they're supporting. It's just wild to think if that was me right now. Yeah. Cause I know that a lot of women who are pregnant, they're facing a lot of hardships they can't have their partners in the room with them during ultrasounds or even giving birth mm -hmm. and it's just my heart is so with you you know if that's you right now um and i'm just praying that everything goes well that you'll both be healthy and you know you'll just really stay safe and healthy during this time it's just we're going through crazy things and it's just crazy to think how our pastor said this to us, you know, a few days after we miscarried, we went out for lunch with him again. <laughs> Thank God for him, honestly. <laughs> yeah. um, but he said to us, you know, he, he brought up, you know, as we walked through the valley of the shadow of death, you prepare a table for me. Mm. And he said, God is preparing you for what he's prepared for you. Mm. And... I believe that he was preparing us for many things that have come from 2019 and leading into 2020. Amen. And we don't have our rainbow baby. We, we're not pregnant. We don't have a baby on the other side of this. Like we're not on the other side of this still, Yeah. but we still have hope and we still want to hopefully use this story because, you know, we grieved this, we've processed this, we've really held on to this. I mean, it's been months since we've miscarried. Yeah. And we're coming with this story today because we know God can use brokenness. And we're just laying our brokenness out here because I know for me, hearing other women share their stories, where I found comfort were in other women that had experienced this, either 
they were sharing it online or family close to us that has, you know, told us that they went through this as well. And it made me feel less alone. Yeah. And I think it did for you too, just knowing like, we're not the only people that go through this. The doctor assured us, you know, so many times, like you can go on. Yeah. There is no shame in it. And there's no, um, no, and there's nothing you could have done to prevent it. There's nothing you did to cause it. Yeah. And, but it's so hard to like not take that on as a woman when it's happening in your body. You just feel like your body's failing you or you're failing. And it's just so not true. You're beautifully and wonderfully made. And Mm. that's how God made you. And I believe that, you know, children are a blessing however they come into your life if it's through adoption if it's through conceiving naturally if it's through ivf if it's through treatments or medications and um we're just really believing for you know better days ahead and yeah we're hopeful a rainbow after this storm um and i know many of you may be listening to this right now are hoping for that too and so we're praying over you so we want to end this off with our jolly three. Just, you know, we always kind of do three takeaways from the episode to leave you with um, and some hope-filled words. So we'll get Neil to start us off here. Yeah, I'll start us off with something that we already talked about. So I'll keep this one a little short. Um, and it's just the around the idea of you can be grateful and grieving as well as acknowledging things suck at the same time mm-hmm. um it can mm-hmm. it, there's nothing wrong with realizing that while you are grieving it does suck um and while everything that you do have in your life is a blessing and there is gratitude that comes with that man i'm so grateful for you i'm grateful for the support that we had during that time close yeah. family um close a few a few really close friends that we trusted with this um and resources that we had and tools tools. therapy therapy yes oh my gosh uber uber grateful for all the support um but while that gratitude in all of our grievance it's it sucked sucked. it sucked and and (laughs) that's okay but what i learned through it is that expressing it um and not holding any of it back um, and really doing that together as a couple was is really, really important. It's what really connects, um, it, would, it connected us and it really allowed us to move forward. Yeah. And I'll just kind of echo that thought into the second Jolly Three. But, you know, for a while I was downplaying this loss to myself because it happened so early on in my pregnancy and you know, I just felt grateful that God gave me that sign when I asked for it. I can't believe it to this day how it happened, that he gave us that sign. That was wild. <laughs> and it just, when people ask me why I believe in God or how, like, I, I, he just shows up. Yeah. He shows up all the time. And it's when you really invite him in, he just does and he'll work. And, you know, I just, I know that some people just have never even received the, that pregnancy test as a positive ever they, they've never seen it and may never yeah and just i was grateful that i even got to see that that it could happen that there was a possibility um and but then i was also downplaying it because some people miscarry further down the line they have stillborns they have a baby and the baby dies shortly after like there's just so much any number of circumstances yeah there's so many just... things that happen And so it's like, 
Well, my grief is, you know, it's, you can't, you can't compare your grief to someone else's because someone always has it better than you and someone always has it worse than you. So don't diminish your pain just because someone has it worse. It's important to have perspective a hundred percent because I think that that helps you not live in that, you know, dark place that grief can pull you in. But it's also important to honor what you're experiencing and not push that down. Mm -hmm. And the last um, kind of message or takeaway we want to leave with you is that God has a good plan. And if you've experienced loss at any stage of pregnancy, if you have been trying to conceive, or if you've had to put your treatments on hold or your dreams of trying to conceive because of this virus right now, what's going on in the world, I just want you to know that we see you and we are praying over you. Neil and I prayed before we started this recording of this podcast and we just prayed that this would help even just one person like i said in that verse in the beginning you know we were comforted by god and now we just want to comfort you in any way we can you know because we've been through this we understand the pain you're going through we get it so even though we've experienced hardship and loss we believe that god will redeem our story And we believe that he's going to redeem yours too. We've heard of so many miracles. We've seen them in our families and our friends. We've seen beautiful rainbow babies and adoption stories. And (laughs) just God has a good plan and never lose that hope. Just keep holding on to that hope and know that he has a good plan for your life. He can use our brokenness and he can bring beautiful rainbows after storms. So if you're in a storm right now, just know that we're walking with you through it and we're praying over you and we love you guys. All right, guys, that is it for today's episode. Thank you so much just for, you know, letting us be super vulnerable and the safe space to, you know, share our story and hopefully maybe speak into yours. We so appreciate your ears um, welcoming us into your homes and just wanted to say also so, so thankful for, all of your feedback and all of your comments, um, all the reviews, all the reviews, and the, and the that re- you've been leaving, guys, we see them. They're making our day. Like, truly, you guys are the best, and that means the world. Um, and we've just been so encouraged to to move forward and really record um, a new episode that we got coming next Wednesday as well. Um, and so so excited by all of this. Yeah, this has just really kind of been a really positive outlet for Neil and I, and. One of the reasons why we didn't get our podcast up last year was because we were going through a lot and it was hard to show up for our work. It was hard to speak while you're processing and grieving. And, you know, God has his timing. And, Mm. you know, I will say that, yeah, the podcast was pushed back because we were just going through way too many things last year. I'm happy. I'm so so glad we processed what we had to and in its timing. And I think in its due time now, it feels right that we can talk about this despite, you know, us not having redemption from the story completely. Mm -hmm. um, We still have perspective and hopefully our story will, will benefit others. Yeah. So we love you guys. Thank you so much for tuning in and listening. If you enjoyed this or you think that someone in your life could really benefit from this episode or needs hope or just to hear someone else's story to feel less alone, please do share that with them, either if it's through text, if it's through sharing on Instagram stories, take us so we can see, leave us a review. If you liked, um, you know, 
few episodes of ours, we'd be so grateful and hopefully we can reach more people through um, this platform and bless others. So that's it for us today. Bye.